You go to church, Nash? You go to church? Sure. Only one in a hundred's gonna get on that ark, son. And every other poor soul's gonna drown. I'm not gonna drown. Welcome to the Plastic Things Podcast. Hello and welcome to the Plastic Fangs podcast. Uh, this is Rodney. Uh, Ski um, uh, is out uh, chasing the uh, the Chinese balloon, uh, the satellite balloon, uh, and uh, he's going to report back to the show once he uh, is able to shoot it down and uh, find out the contents in it. Uh, personally, I think that uh, it has some stuff in there like, uh, you know, like a pinata and it's going to have like, like, uh, some candy, like Tootsie Rolls and, uh, those whistles that you put on your finger and blow. And, and of course, as always in most everything, that's fun, plastic fangs. And we are the plastic fangs podcast. Now, uh, of course we are still in the year of the Michael Shannon, uh, in the clip that, uh, Michael Shannon, uh, I played uh, at the beginning was from 99 homes. Uh, movie that he does with uh, that Spider-Man, uh, this the Amazing Spider-Man, not the first Spider-Man, but they were all three in there. Uh, but today, as my special guest, I actually have a certified Spider-Man expert, and he has been on the show before. And uh, you know him as the boy. Uh, let me introduce my first guest, Regan. How you doing, buddy? I'm good. How are you? I'm doing great. Now we're not alone. But you are, I just want to preface for everybody, you are a certified Spider-Man uh, expert, am I right? Yeah, for the past like three years. For the past three years. Okay, so who is the amazing Spider-Man? Not the first one, not, he was the second. Andrew Garfield. Andrew Garfield, uh, from the social network. Yeah. All right, amazing. <laughs> All right, cool. Well, uh, good. So Andrew Garfield and Michael Shannon. Regan, um, since we are celebrating the year of the Michael Shannon, what is your favorite Michael Shannon memory? Uh, him playing Zod in Man of Steel. Ah, right, right. Yeah. So that was your favorite? Mm -hmm. Cool deal. Did, did you think it was weird that they turned him into Doomsday in uh, the Justice League? I think it was a good adjustment to the role. Ah, very good. Well, uh, the boy is still learning. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but, but I will tell you that, of course, we're not alone. I've got another special guest. Uh, now, this is uh, someone uh, who is a huge fan of practical magic and has requested multi multi times uh for a watch party uh on the show um she is a she yes we don't have a lot of those you know on the show uh not since uh emer and uh, grace from because you were home uh but well and of course daisy Daisy is a, is a she, but uh, Daisy and Benji have their own podcast. We we actually might hear them re record theirs in the background, as always. But of course, uh, I'm going to introduce the. Uh, I've described her as lovely and 
and talented and beautiful. Uh, but uh, here she is making her Plastic Fangs debut. Uh, Shan Pan Shenanigan, or as I call her, uh, Shannon. Hi, I'm Shannon. <laughs> <laughs> now, uh, Shannon, just a quick question. Uh, here at the Plastic Fangs podcast, I know you're a longtime listener. Uh, we are celebrating the year of the Michael Shannon. What is your favorite Michael Shannon memory? Um, watching the whatever we watched, the Tammy and George. <laughs> the, the George and Tammy. George and Tammy. See, I, maybe because you're a female, you put the Tammy first. Well, Tammy was more successful than George. She was, but when you look at English, <laughs> you actually put the G before the T uh, in introduction. Hmm, that's interesting. Right, just like it would be Rodney and Shannon. And if we had a TV show, it would actually be Catherine and Rodney. Yes. Well, yes, <laughs> that's the mistake there. Uh, but um, but yes, uh, it's it's really cool uh, to have uh, two awesome people, one new guest here. The boy, it's been a while since you've been on the show. Yeah. Uh, what's uh, what's new? Um, nothing much. Uh, same old, same old here. Yeah, he's a man of few words. <laughs> Uh, and, uh, Shannon, one thing that, uh, we like to do on the Plastic Fangs podcast is we like to sometimes delve into what we call origins. Uh, they're horror movie origins. Uh, so just kind of off the top of your head, what would you say would be the first horror movie that you remember watching and being scared of? Nightmare on Elm Street Part 3. The Dream Warriors. Mm-hmm. What was your scariest part of that? The walking like a puppet through the, the hospital and off the building. Yeah. Yeah. The, it was uh, the mental hospital and yeah, that was a scary scene. Yeah. I couldn't sleep. I went and told on myself to my mom <laughs> <laughs> because I was too scared to go to sleep and I wasn't supposed to watch yes. that movie. Well, uh, it's definitely a scary one. I know when we've talked to people in the past, Nightmare on Elm Street has always been a recurring kind of thing. I know Nightmare on Elm Street three, probably my favorite nightmare of all of them. Uh, yet, as long as we've known each other, I haven't really asked you to sit down and watch it, right? Mm-hmm. Okay. Well, uh, that's probably going to change because here we are going to watch Night Run on the Street right now, part three. <laughs> no, I'm joking. Uh, it's not a surprise watch party. Uh, now, this past weekend, uh, we actually got to go see the brand new M. Night Shyamalan movie, Knock, Knock at the Cabin, right? Yeah. Yes. Okay. Um, now, to give a kind of a little bit of uh, history on M. Night Shyamalan, uh, Regan, you haven't seen all of his films yet. Mm-mm. What was the first one that you watched? The first one was The Visit. The Visit? Yeah. Where, with the grandparents and yeah. stuff? Yes. Mm-hmm. Your Nana is a lot like <laughs> the the woman. She's like, climb yeah. into the <laughs> oven and clean it, Regan. <laughs> right? Yeah. Yeah, and then of course you liked it. Yeah, and then we went, and, and then we watched the Sixth Sense, right. and I didn't even know what the twist was. So right, it was pretty surprising to me. Like I knew the line, I see dead people, but I didn't know how it was going to play into the twist, and I thought that was pretty interesting. That is cool, and and also amazing that you were able to avoid spoilers. Yeah, you know, because I remember I, I think uh, Lady Abigail came in the house while we were watching mm-hmm. it, and uh, the tall boy Logan came through, and it's like you could tell they all wanted to uh, say something, mm-hmm. but you know, Shannon and I were like, "Stop!" <laughs> yeah. Now, uh, uh, the tall boy and Lady Abigail are the offspring of Shannon. 
Yes. And Lady Abigail really irritated me the first time we I let them watch Sixth Sense because she called the twist out towards the beginning of the movie. <laughs> and I was like, what? How could she have possibly figured that out at her age? You know, yeah. and whatever. But How old was she when she originally saw it? Probably around 15 or so, somewhere around there. Mm -hmm. Wow. I mean, and that's one thing that I hear a lot about M. Night Shyamalan movies is some people are like, oh, I guessed it from the beginning or I knew it 15 minutes in, you know, and that's with any of these movies because The Sixth Sense was the first one and it's like the twist and everyone, it was a huge hit. You know, of course, the acting is great. The mood is great. It, and it's a really old school, you know, kind of film. Right. Um, so we have the visit and we have the sixth sense. Mm -hmm. And of knock, course, now knock at the cabin. Knock at the cabin. Uh, now, Shannon, what you remember, I think we've talked a lot about it, but you remember uh, seeing some of his other ones. Like uh, I know sixth sense was kind of his first one. How about signs? Yeah. I saw signs and the village and unbreakable those were like when mm -hmm. the earlier ones and then i don't think i even saw anything until i watched um what was it called the visit yeah the visit with the grandparents yeah um and old and, and old uh signs it's really weird because it, it's after signs things kind of i know there was lady in the water and that was like a, a i mean i guess spoilers here but like a mermaid kind of thing and Paul Giamatti was in it uh and it really didn't even um I didn't really even register and and of course there were a, a few other ones now uh last year Shannon and I you went not you and I went and saw we watched old together mm -hmm. almost two years ago Almost, oh my gosh, really, almost two years. I think it was this summer, this summer will be two years, right? Right, yeah. It was because that was, I think it was the first movie we actually saw together in a theater. Yeah. And it was at the uh, Cinema Cafe. Yes, God loves Cinema Cafe. <laughs> but, but, you know, Shannon is also a AMC Plus Rewards Platinum VIP member like I me. I am. Cha-ching, ching, ching. Do you hear that? That's the money of AMC. Now, and now we get double money. We do get double money. And we get to, of course, use a lot of those rewards and stuff like that uh, for uh, for Regan uh, to go. And, uh, of course, the tall boy. Uh, Lady Abigail, went, we went and saw, what was the the movie about the fashion designer? With Gucci. Gucci, right? Yeah. And that had Margot Robbie in it? I don't know. She's Mar Margot Robbie's in everything. I know, but it's true. Yes, uh, but um, but Gucci had uh, Lady Gaga. Oh, Lady Gaga. Lady Gaga, Lady Gaga was in it. Uh, Regan, have you watched Gucci since it's been home on streaming or whatever? No. Now, because you're a big you're a big fan of the Star Wars, uh, but only the trilogies. Only the trilogies. Yeah. Like you mean? Well, they're all they're kind of oh, yeah. like three different trilogies, but you mean the the prequels? Yeah, episode one, episode two, episode three. Right. Yeah. So yeah, Adam Driver was in Gucci, so there was no Kylo Ren. Yes, not Anakin's a, better than Kylo Ren. Anakin's better than Kylo. All He's right. the best Star Wars character of all time, except for Jar Jar. Wow. Mm -hmm. Huh. <laughs> I think I might have to edit that part out. <laughs> <laughs> But uh, uh, so yeah, so the AMC Plus uh, Premium Plus Plus 
uh, cha-ching, that's money in our pockets. Um, being able to to kind of go see the those three movies, we haven't been to Cinema Cafe in, in a while, but uh, we saw Old. And um, what was your impressions of, of Old, Shannon? Well, you're making me remember a movie from not long ago. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, I, I liked it. Mm-hmm. It wasn't like the best thing ever, but, um, and there were some things that were a little bit, um, predictable, like mm-hmm. halfway through or whatever. Um, but I mean, it was interesting. Yeah, I, I agree. I, I mean, there were some, uh, really creepy parts in it. The mm-hmm. kid from hereditary. Yeah. Alex Wolf, right? Yeah. Alex Wolf. Yeah. Uh, he was in it. Um, it had like a, weird blue lagoon kind of vibe to it it did with those yeah definitely right with the, with the kids it, um, it, the main one i remember is the woman with the calcium deficiency <laughs> <laughs> that was weird and and i know this is maybe getting a little spoiler territory but regan's a big fan of women with cal- calcium deficiencies yeah. so that might be a movie you put on your list pal <laughs> Uh, I watched like a movie breakdown of old, but like it, it was nothing major. It was like the um, Cinema Sins. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Um, Cinema oh, Sins is a YouTube channel. A lot of the sins were because the logic didn't add up, like their fingernails and their hair growing and all that, and like the time passing. But I mean, it looked pretty good. I might give it a watch, like full way through. Oh, absolutely. I, it wasn't like breaking the mold, but I remember. When the visit came out, watching that and enjoying it, and I'm like, oh, hey, maybe M. Night Shyamalan is kind of getting back into a groove. Uh, and then, of course, we, we went and saw Old, because it really wasn't a whole lot. Because even even though the COVID restrictions had been loosened and stuff like that, I mean, even still, new movie theaters are wanting to have content and everything. So, um, so from Old to The Visit, uh, that kind of brings us to knock at the cabin. Uh, Regan, this being your uh, now third M. Night Shyamalan movie, what would you say? Are, are, give us a, a review of what you feel is pretty good, but try to leave out a little spoilers. We'll try to leave out some spoilers. So I feel like it set up the movie really well at the beginning. Like, um, you, it's it seems like it's like sort of a invasion or whatever invasion home invasion movie but like it goes deeper way deeper than that and i really like the aspect of um batista and how like he was like talking to the little girl at the beginning like catching grasshoppers with her and everything Mm -hmm. and um the four people who came to the cabin i thought were pretty cool like it's like four characters that you wouldn't really imagine together but they put them together together pretty well mm-hmm. and then now, now hold up you talked about uh batista shannon you kind of had some thoughts about batista's character you want to share some of those thoughts i don't know what how what counts as a spoiler i mean he just gave away the grasshopper oh actually, yeah so. <laughs> <laughs> well i'll tell you what um you, you know uh let's uh let's take the training wheels off and let's go full spoiler so if you don't want to be spoiled uh then maybe wait to listen or uh skip ahead or, or whatever uh, but we're going full spoilers for Knock at the Cabin uh, because honestly, these days, if you want to see something, you're going to see it soon. You know, so it's, you know, if, if you're listening to this 
uh, podcast and uh, it's June and you haven't seen Knock at the Cabin, shame on you. So anyway, so give us some of your thoughts on Batista's character. I mean, what was the character's name? uh, Leonard. Leonard. And he's a second grade teacher, which having worked in the school system and being in the school system when I was a kid and raising kids through the school system, there's not, I don't think I've ever seen a real muscly male second grade teacher. Not saying they're not out there, but I think it would have been... It took me out of it a little bit, and it would have been more believable if they just said he was a PE teacher at an elementary school. Still could have had that mm. that, that gift with 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 children. Sure, <laughs> but <laughs> well, Regan, you're uh, you are in school currently, yeah. correct? Mm-hmm. Okay, good. I just, I don't know if you go or not. <laughs> I just uh, I kind of just assume most days that you go to school. But um, uh, do you have any? Uh, Know of any second grade teachers that look like Dave Batista? Nope. No, really? Oh, okay. Well, I, there's like a Mrs. Jones. No, I'm just joking. <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, um, so you were going into get back in your thoughts, Regan. Yeah. So four characters that you wouldn't consider. You wouldn't consider like it's like a team or like a group or whatever. Mm-hmm. But um, I feel like they put them together really well. Like um, they're different character like things like obviously batista kind of takes on the role as like the leader of the group and then like red red man right red man red man I think it was no red no man. not we're not talking about the wu-tang member red man <laughs> <laughs> um he was kind of like the brooding one of the group and then uh what was the lady's name miss robinson or <laughs> wow there's a mrs robinson there was mrs I robinson yes um, she was trying to seduce, seduce somebody. <laughs> uh, that's a, actually from a movie called uh, The Graduate. Have you seen that, Regan? Nope. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> um, you know, uh, you're right because, I mean, if you look at aesthetics, these four people aren't really your normal four people that, I mean, you never know these days, mm-hmm. but they all seem like they're from different backgrounds. Yes. Yeah. There was Sabrina and Adrian. Yeah. So, oh, yeah. so Sabrina was kind of like, it was like she was kind of like the mom of the group. Like she, she didn't want to be doing any of this stuff that she was doing. And then um, Adrian was kind of like the youngest of the group. And yeah, I thought that was pretty cool how they like brought them all together and everything. And then um, the aspect of like uh, turning on the TV, like at certain moments mm-hmm. and seeing that the stuff happening on the news because they're not making their decision yet. Right. So, well, let's preface that because, you know, you talk about home invasion movies and uh, have you seen a lot of uh, home invasion type of movies? Um, like there's last house on the left. Uh, you, I know I've, you probably haven't seen that because it might be inappropriate. Have you seen last Shannon? Mm-hmm. No. Um, Silent night. It was kind of like an inside. Violent, violent, violent night. night. No, there was one called silent night. With, oh yeah. Um, it was with the kid from the visit. Yes. Yeah. Absolutely. Uh, it was like kind of a home invasion, but by the kid mm-hmm. for, to his babysitter. But I mean, yeah, that one. Well, I guess you could kind of call Home Alone. Home right? Alone. Yeah. Home Alone would be yeah. And then Violent Night, yeah. Right. Uh, well, Violent Night. Uh, but but that it's an interesting thing because a lot of people associate the home invasion movies 
with uh, with horror a lot of times. And from this list, we should probably associate it with Christmas. <laughs> <laughs> that is true. I never thought about that. But uh, the movie Us was definitely oh, yeah. you, you know, a home invasion movie, right? Where you have doppelgangers uh, come in. Um, have you have you seen the movie? Either one of you seen the movie Don't Breathe? I saw the kill count on it, but I didn't watch the whole thing. Yeah, but sure. that was kind of a home invasion because, like, the blonde dude and, like, the people trying to rob him. Right. It's a really interesting premise where these uh, group of uh, kids. Mm-hmm. Like, I mean, 20s. Yeah. yeah, early 20s. You know, about the, you know, uh, Lady Abigail and uh, the tall boys. um Height, I mean, their age, rather. And their height, too, probably. <laughs> uh, but um, they they decide to rob this guy because he's blind. And they're like, you know, you hear the term rob someone blind, but, you know, it's kind of like, you know, it, it just, it, it's an interesting flick. Um, but, yeah, a lot of people do associate these home invasion movies with horror. And a lot of, with this movie, uh, I don't know necessarily if it, if it, it is like a, a true horror as much as it is, is a suspenseful uh, kind of film. M. Night uh, kind of goes along that lines a, a lot, you know, in and out, where in Sixth Sense there were some uh, some gross kind of visuals. Uh, I wouldn't really say that, I mean, that it was horror, horror yeah. as it's, it's interesting. I feel like his movies are marketed very horror-like, mm-hmm. but then when you watch them, you don't really leave feeling like uh, you watched a, you know, what you would say a traditional horror movie or, um, I don't know. I didn't feel like when we left the movie, movie yesterday that mm-hmm. I was leaving a horror movie. Right. <laughs> well, and again, it's that, it's that crossover appeal. Uh, but you have these these four people, and usually in a home invasion type of movie, it's like, you know, um, they're kind of secretive about it. Or, you know, they just come in and blatant and the action starts right away. Here you had Leonard, you know, just walk up to the daughter. And um, do, you, do you remember the daughter's character? Oh, uh, when or Gwen? When, I when, think. Yeah, when. Um, the daughter, when who has uh, two fathers, uh, uh, Eric, Dad, and Andrew. Eric and Andrew, called Daddy Eric and Daddy Andrew, who adopted Wynn. And you kind of, as the movie goes, you kind of start seeing a little bit of a backstory there, and it does come together. Uh, but for a home invasion type of purpose, you know, you see Wynn and what she's doing. She's collecting the grasshoppers and everything. And you, in the background, you know, again, M. Night Shyamalan has a way of introducing these, uh, these characters uh, visually. It's like in signs. There's one of the scariest parts of that movie is when they're kind of huddled around watching the new newscast video or whatever. And you see the alien just walk by at the end of an alley. And it's absolutely, it's terrifying. So you're, kind of scared of Batista right from the beginning. Yeah. But from that, uh, he comes up and the conversation is a little creepy and off, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. I mean, it was kind of innocent at first and then it kind of started like drifting on towards the more creepy side and then towards the end of it, he's just telling her to like go inside right. and tell her dads to let them in. Well, you can see that he's struggling. Yeah. And that's one thing that I think is a commonality with, with all four of the characters, that, that they're kind of struggling with what they have to do yeah. 
but it's something that they're compelled and that they have to do. Uh, so, you know, you, you start off with that kind of home invasion. And I mean, and really this movie moves pretty quickly. Yeah. You know, there's not like, I guess after seeing Skinamarink, you know, <laughs> you, you know, you, you kind of want a movie to go a little bit quicker uh, as far as uh, advancing the plot. Uh, Shannon, you knew about uh, you went and saw Skinamarink, but mm-hmm. I would have rather watched an hour and a half or two hours of them catching those grasshoppers at the beginning <laughs> of <laughs> Knock at the Cabin. Yes. Um, then watch Skinamarink again. Absolutely. <laughs> uh, and actually, you know, I had mentioned that at the beginning of the show that Ski was going after the uh, Chinese uh, surveillance balloon. Um, in all actuality, Ski wasn't able to make it because. Uh, uh, his home was skinnamarinked and uh, he's actually trapped in a feverish nightmare. And, um, and right now he's doing nothing but looking at the baseboards uh, for a few days. So, so uh, ski, we'll get you out of there, pal. I promise. Uh, we just need to find the anti skinnamarink uh, to get you out. But uh, from there, you know, again, it moves, I'm not going to cabinet. It moves fairly quickly. And, you know, you start developing these characters and kind of seeing how, how they work. Now, um, who's it? Ron Weasley's in this movie. Oh, yeah. <laughs> he did a pretty good job, I feel like. And um, he ended up getting into, like, a fight with one of the dads, uh, Andrew. But then later they kind of set up, like, how Andrew was able to win the fight. Mm-hmm. And because they showed a flashback of them, uh, both the dads at a bar. Uh-huh. And then... Um, Redman actually attacked. So um, Ron Weasley's Redman, right? Yeah, Ron yeah. Weasley is Redman, and Redman attacked uh, Andrew, and after that, Andrew like got the gun that we see in the movie to defend himself, but also took like MMA classes to defend himself that we see him use in the movie. So I feel like it was pretty cool, like setting up his defense mechanisms. Absolutely, because like they did, he, oh, sorry, he was more of like the fighter, and Eric was more like of the trying to talk it out with other people and Andrew just wanted to like kind of kill them all and run away. Absolutely. I thought, I thought that was an interesting thing because a lot of movies don't really explain that. You know, they just, they're like, you know, the the character is, uh, you know, all of a sudden like a a John Wick. I know that actually happens in like the scream movies Mm -hmm. where either the killer is really, really clumsy or, you know, these girls, uh, or, men that are being chased after are just develop some kind of magical fighting power. Yeah. Um, now with, with that, you, you delve into a lot of the backstory, you know, you've got two uh, men that are married and there's the uh, family dynamic, right? Where the parents didn't really seem to approve. Oh yeah. Yeah. I, they did a lot of, a lot of flashback but not too much and i thought they did a good job with that to help develop all the, these characters that, and um, when they went to adopt the daughter um like uh one of them i think it was eric who had to say that andrew was like oh i have my um cousin with me or something so his sister's his wife's brother yeah so or something like brother. that right now in fact when they do the home invasion it, it it goes pretty quickly, and they actually give is it Daddy Andrew a concussion? Uh, Eric, Eric, Daddy Eric's a concussion, mm-hmm. uh, and they feel really bad about it. 
And so they tie him up, and um, one of the people is a nurse. Uh, Sabrina. She's the one that caused the concussion, and she felt very guilty about it. Gotcha. So so Sabrina, the nurse, uh, caused a concussion, and and, and they just basically explain the rules. They're like, you know, you need to make a decision. Um, you know, time's a wasting. People are going to die if you don't make the decision. And the decision is for one of the members of the family to die. Is that correct? And be killed, and by, be the killed by the family. Yeah. By, yeah. Their, by, by their own family. Yeah. So the that's kind of a weird, you know, situation. I, I mean, I know that there are... Um, Technically, um, uh, let's see, let's see. We got uh, the boy and Lady Abigail and the tall boy. And then we got uh, Lando Calrissian, who is uh, the, um, he's, yes, Lando Calrissian, who is uh, uh, Abby, uh, Lady Abigail's squire, I guess. Uh, And then, of course, uh, Benji and Daisy. So if if we were kind of all in the uh, cabin, uh, knocked at the cabin, someone knocked on the door and asked all of us to make a decision. I think we're all in agreement that uh, Benji would probably be the one <laughs> that we would <laughs> sacrifice. Am I right? <laughs> well, I mean, just when somebody knocks at the door generally and he starts barking, I kind of just want to go ahead and, and shoot him right then and there. But. <laughs> uh, but I mean, yeah, I mean, so that's a, a heavy decision that they're they're kind of put into. Now, there is a point that they they get to because what they say that, that there's four plagues that will happen, mm-hmm. and so they say you need to make a decision, and if you don't, then this first plague is going to happen. And every time they say no, a plague happens. Up until the last point, where um, where if they don't do anything, then the world ends. Yeah. Yes, and, and just leaving them three, leaving them three to walk the earth, right? Yeah. That's kind of. But no, they they would just watch the world die, yeah. and then they would still die. Right. But um, yeah, yeah. Well, but with that, when they when they say no, then one of the four has to die, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so, obviously, they get to the the first one, and of course, that's when one of them has to die because they say no. Now, of course, the first one that has to die is uh, Rupert Grant, who is uh, probably didn't have a lot of time to shoot uh, because he was probably going back to film uh, the next uh, Harry Potter movie. Yes, I think that's what it was. <laughs> yes, um, and then. It's like they turn on a TV and you see the first plague. And yeah. the first plague was. It was the big wave, right? Or the, the earthquake. Tsunami. Oh, the yeah. earthquake. The earth- earthquake yeah, the earthquake that caused the tsunami. Yeah. Right. And, you know, it's um, it's really weird because, I mean, obviously that kind of stuff could happen. But that the first earthquake happened. There was a tsunami. But then another one happened. And a bigger tsunami came, right? And it and it happened pretty much right when they killed mm-hmm. um, Redmond or whatever his name was. Ron Weasley, <laughs> <laughs> the um, ginger. Yes. So uh, you know they're like, all right, well, um, and they seem very regretful that they had to kill mm-hmm. their, you know, the person with them, 
And, you know, there, it's really, it seems like there's a, I mean, definitely these, even though they didn't make the decision, they're not getting mad at, at the family that has to make the choice, Mm -hmm. but they're like, you know, please, you know, we need to think on this. Now, of course, the, the daddy Eric and uh, daddy Andrew, they're like, come on, these people are cultists or something, right? Right. And they kind of think the tsunami thing was a, either a coincidence or I guess at some point, then is it daddy Andrew is, accuses them of having some pre-recorded mm-hmm. programming or something and like they're like timing that. it with their watches mm-hmm. to turn on the TV at those times. Right. And that makes sense. Uh, because they don't know if it's, you know, preloaded or, or what's real. Uh, I mean, and that makes sense because I'd kind of feel the same way, right? Yeah. I'd be like, who the fuck are these people? Yeah. And they're, I mean, you see it all the time with the deep fake stuff, right? You yeah. know, especially as good as it's getting now. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, and maybe since mm-hmm. they were at the cabin with no cell service, like, I don't know if they were watching the news or something or like, but they might've been out of the loop for a little because they've mm-hmm. been at like at the cabin, like right with the news as their only source and probably having the TV most of the time on like cartoons for the daughter. So. And this is also too, we start getting a little bit more of a, of a background about these characters. Cause they talk about, you know, seeing, you know, visions uh, and stuff like that. And you also kind of learn that they met on a, like an internet board, right? Mm-hmm. I think they started having visions and somehow found each other on a messaging board online and something mm. along those lines. And, and these days there's so much, you know, people, there's so many people out there that can say the same thing. It's a lot like uh, aliens, right? Well, the first person that said that they were abducted by aliens said, Oh, it's gray skin and big eyes. And it's like someone did a drawing of that. And then another person, oh, I was picked up by aliens too. And you get the same kind of descriptions and stuff like that. So it would make sense that a lot of people that saw a vision, you know, would meet online and think that there's kind of some self-importance. I can't think of anything else that would <laughs> that would happen with that these that days you would go online and find an echo chamber of crazy right yeah in fact i believe i don't think that ever happened i believe the term echo chamber <laughs> is used uh in the movie, in the movie. Um, so uh you know you, you get the the two men you know uh andrew and eric you know kind of trying to think of of ways out mm-hmm. right you know it's Still not believing. And so then you get introduced. And Eric still has this concussion, so he really doesn't know what the right. is going on. Yeah. Absolutely. <laughs> and that's the thing is that you have, you know, his spouse, you know, his partner basically, you know, telling him, well, the things that you know and say aren't aren't correct mm-hmm. because you have this concussion. You're not thinking clearly. I'm going to think for us. Mm-hmm. Which in itself is kind of a little bit like, I mean, it, the term gaslighting is used a lot, I think. I don't know if that's what this is. I mean, maybe he's just trying to make like the smart decision. Like he told them, you're talking to me only now. Because like, what if Eric Concuss just said to like, kill the daughter or something like that? Right. Or like something. I don't know. 
I think he could also see his husband struggling with all yeah. these things and, and having a concussion, whatever, and, In the light. and trying to protect him from, mm -hmm. the, you know, from even more uh, confusion. Absolutely. Uh, and then, you know, but the next decision actually comes fairly quickly, right? Yeah. And this is uh, next decision. They decide that it's the, uh, it's the, the cook, the line cook, uh, right? Adrian. Adrian. And that's another. Well, they didn't decide it. It seemed like it was like pre, they all knew what order. Oh, that's right. Again. Okay. Because she said, I'm, I'm next. next. Right. Um, well, because she, being a line cook, uh, cooked breakfast for the daughter. And the daughter kept the knife from the breakfast mm -hmm. to try to um, cut uh, Eric out. Because, um, mm -hmm. yeah, because Andrew already, like, was starting to get his hands out, so he didn't need the knife. Right. So th they're scheming and devising mm -hmm. uh, a plan to escape. Um, the, the line cook is, you know, basically, you know, talks about having a son. Mm -hmm. And, uh, you know, the, the screams of being on fire and just mm -hmm. how that's been haunting her and stuff like that. So, you know... Uh, so basically, again, they're like, nope. Yeah. Which is a different movie in itself, right? <laughs> uh, the, you know, so uh, so then uh, Adrian, is it? Yeah. Adrian, yeah. Adrian uh, is the next sacrifice. And it's also weird that they have kind of this ritual because they put like a, a white mesh bag over their head. Mm -hmm. And then they're like, uh, a new part of the human race has been plagued. Mm -hmm. And then they get killed. But... um. Yeah. But the second plague is is a X9 virus affecting yes. the kids. But then it's it's weird because like uh Andrew said he's been reading about it for a while and that they just like turned on the news. I don't know why they would use like a less convincing news story like well I think that it had been out for a while but all of a sudden it was like oh, they were seeing yeah. spikes and, and it was really just geared toward kids so mm -hmm. it's like you know hey you know we're this virus is wiping out kids adults mm -hmm. are fine kids they're you know so you would think that that would be more of of a thing like mm -hmm. to really make them think and i think that's where the daughter starts having empathy right mm -hmm. about what's going on well, I thought that one was kind of a weird plague because it had to have built up to the level. To, yeah. It wasn't like right when they sacrificed um, Adrian that all of a sudden <laughs> all these <laughs> kids dropped dead from this flu. Mm -hmm. It was something that had to have had, had to have built. So I could understand when the dads didn't find that a convincing plague, yeah. quote unquote. Mm -hmm. And. And yeah, it, but I couldn't help but think about, about COVID, obviously. Mm -hmm. Yeah. You know, and it, it was just weird, you know, that it did that. So, so that happens. It's the whole, all right, there's two more to go. And uh, it seemed that it seemed to be moving by quicker mm -hmm. as far as needing to get this taken care of. And it seems like all this is happening in the same day. Well, they had the one night. Oh, that the they one slept, night, right? Um, yeah. After Redmond. Redmond. <laughs> yeah. I don't know why I can't think. <laughs> can't remember that. Um, after he died, they they did sleep the night, and then yeah, then it was like the next day. It was like bam, bam, bam. 
Which, I mean, makes sense, but I honestly didn't mind that because it obviously helped the movie go mm-hmm. along. Didn't really feel like it was dragging at all. And then the next death wasn't... It was kind It was kind of part of the ritual, but like it was more because... So Andrew had gotten out, got, mm-hmm. got into the car, and got the gun. And then... Um, what was the lady's name again? Uh, Sabrina. 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 She came back in. And uh, Andrew um, shot her, mm-hmm. and then she would. I forget if she died from the shot or was like kind of put out of her misery by like being the next plague or whatever. Well, yeah, because they're kind of like they they're freed and mm-hmm. they're struggling, you know, and everything like that. Mm-hmm. He had run to the car, and but he notices the tires are slashed. Yeah, he's like, you know, they've got to have a vehicle or something that they came in here with or mm-hmm. whatever. Uh, so, you know, we need to find that vehicle. But, you know, he's sitting there and he's pointing the gun and everything. And um, uh, Leonard, Leonard uh, oh, uh, well, they get, so she comes, uh, Sabrina comes in to attack him. He shoots her dead and he points the gun at Leonard and he's like, get in the bathroom. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it really kind of a, a tense moment in this movie because you hear the bathroom window break. Mm. So you would have assumed he went out of the window. But I'm thinking. Well, before that, yeah. though, after she died, Leonard did. He was very concerned with that. With mm-hmm. her. And he, they turned on the TV. Right. And that was when all the planes were falling. Oh, yeah. This guy, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that's that... where I was like, okay, that's the point I would be taking this seriously. Right. Yeah. When there's. What, it was like hundreds or thousands over, of planes? They said over 700 planes were like just dropping out of the sky. Yeah. 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 Uh, planes were blowing up. And uh, I mean, if you think about it, it, like, you know, 9-11, but on a much bigger scale. Uh, oh, absolutely. Yeah. You know, I mean, because I mean, one just dropping in it out of the air in one, you know, suburb or city. Where there's a lot, mm-hmm. you know. I like mean, that would be a crazy thing to happen, like maybe once in like ten years, but let alone like all seven hundred at one time mm-hmm. at the same day. Right. And uh, I think it was also like after Sabrina got killed, um, Andrew actually went to go check the wallet because at first he had his suspicions that Redman was the man who attacked him at the bar, mm-hmm. but then he went to go confirm it, um, because he knew it was the same guy, but. He didn't have the same name, mm-hmm. so, um, yeah. So, so, and in fact, Redman actually said, "I was a real piece of shit before. Mm-hmm. I did some bad stuff." And then you see the scene, you know, where he did. He attacked mm-hmm. uh, uh, Eric. No, Andrew. Sorry, mm-hmm. hey, you get them mixed up. <laughs> um, and he attacked him in a bar. Uh, sure enough, and that led to him getting a gun and all of that mm-hmm. and, and doing that. Um, so, so yeah, the, then we get to the point where they've got Leonard in, in the, the bathroom. bathroom. I was thinking when the window broke, I'm like, how the fuck is Batista going to get out of that, <laughs> that window? Yeah, I kind of assumed he was going to be where he was. like. Right. The, I yeah. didn't realize how small the window was till they when showed he it. opened the door again. Right. And I was like, oh, there's no way. And, <laughs> of course, he shoots the gun in there. But then, you know, uh, Leonard is hanging out and hiding in the shower well he he shot the shower curtain but i guess leonard was like laying down in the bathtub he got no he arm. got and he oh, got he leonard's did. arm oh, yeah. I didn't see that. and that was another great like kind of effect because you see the blood coming out of his arm mm-hmm. you know but uh leonard winds up getting the gun back right and, yeah because he kind of just like 
jumps out from the um, shower curtain and tackles him for the gun. I found it unbelievable that Andrew, who's trying to protect his family, mm. um, would have just let, locked him in a bathroom. Didn't right. tie him up. Didn't didn't uh, just shoot him. Didn't just shoot yeah. him. I mean, yeah. these are people that have, are, have already killed each other. Mm-hmm. If you really think they're, you know, some lunatics that are doing home invasions, mm. then I I just don't think I would have thought twice about it, or at least shot him in the leg so they uh-huh. didn't move. Absolutely. Uh, I, I mean, and especially after being attacked as well, when you're going out to the car, Sabrina, you know, was attacking. Obviously, they weren't trying to kill because they couldn't kill. Yeah. It had to be a family member or you know, one of them to make the choice mm-hmm. for them to die and everything. So, you, you know, so uh, is it, it Daddy Andrew, right? Uh, and Daddy Eric. Eric was the concussed one. Yeah. yeah. And, you know, he kind of had rumbled. I had, I swear I saw a strange figure when the first, when the first when one Redman died. died. When Redmond died. And then, like, it was in, like, a window behind him right. that he saw, like, a shimmer of light. And then, like, what was it that he saw? A figure? He said he saw a figure, but Andrew's response was, you had just been concussed right. and lights, you mm-hmm. know, are not good for that and, you know, whatever. Well, and you get to the point where um, it's, you know, but this is, he's, he's Leonard is like, all right, it's, this is it, man. Yeah. You know, he kind of has like a knife uh, to his arm and then he puts it up to his head and he's like, you guys have to make a decision. Yeah, you've got a few minutes after I do this. Mm-hmm. And he's like, you know, and but he goes into kind of a uh, what was it called back in the uh, drama class when you would have uh, Monologue, a soliloquy, soliloquy, a monologue. <laughs> For those not in the know, Shannon, you actually have some drama experience. I do. Yeah, we had uh, gotten some videos. Oh, converted. yes, you got to see some of my theater experiences. What was it? A uh, fiddler on the roof was one of them. No, Oliver. Oh, obviously. Oliver. Okay. <laughs> yes. What was the other one that was there? It was Oliver. And... There was Macbeth in there. Mm-hmm. I mean, I did a bunch. I don't remember all of them. Yes. My mother didn't record the whole play for all of them, just for the ones that you got to be bored watching. <laughs> well, she 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 did record all of your brother's uh, wrestling matches, though. So. <laughs> I don't think she even did that, but goodness, there's a lot. <laughs> <laughs> but his his monologue that he goes into yeah. is, I mean, he talks about just about the kids and thinking about his students. Because he also coached a basketball team, mm-hmm. and he was like, we weren't that good, but, like, if you heard the laughs of those kids, you could tell they were having a good time. And he kind of went into, like, I just want all of these kids to have, like, a good time for the rest of their life. Mm-hmm. And uh, he tells them they have to make a decision, like, they'll have a few minutes after he does it. And then he kind of slits his neck, right? Yeah, and you don't see – that's another thing about Shyamalan is that he's never been overtly um, – Gory. Gory, you know, uh, but so, but you see the blood come down. Yeah. And they're like, all right, we've got a few minutes. And they sent the daughter to the treehouse and told them, uh, told the daughter uh, just to listen to music and then wait till one of them comes to get her. So I, they didn't tell her that one of them was going to die, but like she, I guess she kind of, because like yeah. when, when Aunt, 
Or should we say who dies first? Well, maybe for the reason uh, why. But it's they send her to the treehouse. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, obviously they feel like now this shit's real. We got to make a decision here. And, well, and Andrew's still fighting the real thing about it. Because he's Eric, like, I think, has to convince him. But. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he says, let's walk. Fine, we'll walk the earth, but we'll be together. Yeah. And then Eric kind of, you know, looks at him. He's like, kill me and he's like but then he goes to say um well but it wouldn't be an M. Night Shyamalan movie without some sort of twist Yeah, and through like they're talking we realize that these four home invaders are actually the four horsemen of the apocalypse yeah and yesterday I didn't quite get that and um I kind of left the movie like uh, oh there was no twist in the M. Night Shyamalan movie but then I started understanding more and more and yesterday, and more today, I started understanding how much of a twist that was, like the Four Horsemen of the Apocalypse. And it was pretty cool how they did it, because Adrian, the cook, nurturing, um, Leonard, the coach and teacher, guidance, um, what were the other ones? Sabrina was the healer, mm-hmm. and Redmond was uh, Malice. Mm-hmm. And, and so then you kind of get into the fact that, you know, you got a decision to make and Andrew is Eric is like, you know, kill me, mm-hmm. you know? And, and Andrew's like, you know, th- these people don't deserve you. Mm-hmm. You know, we're a, a gay couple that's been ostracized and hated and all of this stuff, mm-hmm. you know, but Eric is, I mean, you, and then you start realizing that you've got, the Holy Trinity. You've got the Father, the Son, and the Holy Ghost. So, in a lot of ways, you know, this is, you know, it's it's a, a faith-based movie. It's a religious kind of movie because of that. Now, one thing we kind of glossed over for a moment was after Batista died, lightning just starts striking everywhere. Oh, yeah, yeah the trees everywhere. Like, yeah. yeah. I mean, I mean, and that's where you're just setting on fire. Yeah, that's like where they're like, yeah, we have to make a decision. Right. I mean, lightning's hitting everywhere and setting everywhere on fire and and all of that. And so, um, so the thing is, which I I guess is is, was kind of appropriate to this is that uh, Andrew wound up leaving Eric in the cabin. Mm-hmm. Oh no no! You hear a gunshot. Yeah, right? you do. So he does. Mm-hmm. Uh, he uses the gunshot and kills um, Eric. Sacrifice. Yeah, like sacrifices. sacrifices right? Yeah, and, and then um, he goes back to the treehouse, and then uh, the daughter's kind of like, "Did Daddy Eric save everyone?" Right. And then the dad, uh, Daddy Andrew, just kind of goes over her and like they're crying and like mm-hmm. hugging and everything. And mm-hmm. I feel like that was a pretty good way to like say what happened without showing it. And like, but you hear the gunshot too, but like you don't really see until like one of them like goes to the treehouse and yeah. Well, and then after the fact, they they do find the truck. Oh yeah, and it's got all the personal belongings of, and you find out that the line cook had a picture of her and her son mm-hmm. in it, which they kind of doubted that she had a son. Mm-hmm. Uh, the nurse had her nurse's bag. Had her nurse's bag. Redman had his like um his official his, his like uh security badge. security badge for the place he worked and then um Leonard had a picture of him with his b- basketball team and right? they had all signed like 
oh yeah things oh, yeah. to them mm-hmm. um and so they get in the car and they drive and they just stop at a diner and everyone is in this diner news. watching the news that every- everything is going back to normal it's like getting yeah. better like you uh, and then the owner of the diner like a waitress or whatever calls her whatever it is they don't say but she's like uh i'm safe now mm-hmm. and i hope you're safe and i love you and everything and then i feel like that's when the daughter and the dad kind of both come to an agreement that like it was real mm-hmm. and they did the right thing. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. It was, it was a, to me, one of the best M night Shyamalan movies I've seen in a while. The acting I feel like was top notch. Mm-hmm. The, act, the acting was pretty good yes i will say it was the best acting i have seen dave batista uh-huh. do right which we shan and i kind of had a little bit of a talk about uh, because there's an article going around that dave batista wants to be uh, in a romantic comedy and um you know but also too we kind of had a conversation about like some of the best wrestling actors Right, which none of the wrestling actors, I would say, are top-notch actors if they were former wrestlers. Mm-hmm. It, I John think Cena. The Rock is the best one, oh, and yeah. I think he's probably worked at that. Yeah, the most successful. I, yeah. But, I mean, also talent-wise, mm-hmm. I think he is. Um, Recently, he's so, been playing a lot of the same kind of roles, like just like cargo shorts in the jungle. <laughs> well, that's what I was. I told your dad. Like, mm-hmm. I can wrestlers, they can do... Um, action and comedy, mm-hmm. but you don't see a whole lot of like romantic. Um, well, some like kind of surface mm-hmm. romance, I guess, mm-hmm. but you don't, or just anything with like really true emotion, I guess, or, or hard emotions to show. You know, you can show anger, and that's pretty easy for a lot of those guys. Oh, yeah. Right. Um, but showing like vulnerability and, mm-hmm. um, you know, sadness and hurt and things like that, I think is a is harder to sell for anybody. And oh yeah, well, and I think the fact that Batista's come out and said I want to do a, a rom com or something shows that you know obviously he wants to try new things, right? And he's definitely improving. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. I mean, but come on, Drax. I mean, I know that Volume Three, Guardians of the Galaxy Volume Three, is the last time we'll see him play Drax or whatever. But I mean, he was been perfect in that role, mm-hmm. and I've liked him in you know some of the other films I've seen him in, like Glass Onion, the Knives Out movie. I thought, I mean, he played an alpha male type of character, right? And yeah. so I think he's fine at doing that. I think a lot of these wrestlers that kind of mm-hmm. come over to the acting, to real acting, we, we know wrestling. <laughs> <laughs> um. That'll be a talk for another cast. <laughs> One skis out of his skinnamarink house. We can talk about, (laughs) Um, but, uh, you know, to kind of uh, wrap up uh, this uh, very special uh, Knock at the Cabin episode, um, Regan, what are your final thoughts on, you know, this and I feel like it was a very good movie and um, I feel like it did a great job using its like set very well. Like, it's just one, it, they're just trapped in a cabin, but like they um did a lot with the space that they had, and then more towards the beginning, but then like it's more towards the beginning and the end, or kind of like 
the outside space of the cabin and then the middle like story part is kind of in the cabin but i feel like the ending uh or like the flashback when you see them arriving mm-hmm. and like the song boogie shoes is playing and then like at the end um that song comes on the radio and then the daddy andrew turns it off but then the daughter turns it back on and then she turns it off and then andrew kind of turns it on like as like a we have to like it's sad that he's gone but we can still remember him and like with this song and everything and uh yeah and then (laughs) that's how teenagers (laughs) end sentences nowadays uh yeah (laughs) um shannon final thoughts on yeah Knock at the cabin. I keep wanting to say cabin in the woods, but it's not. Knock at the cabin. Knock at the cabin. Um, no, I liked it. Mm-hmm. I think it was the best one of his movies that I've seen. Um, I thought they did a great job with the symbolism. Mm-hmm. Um, kind of through mixed in throughout the whole movie, and then all you know, realizing it all in hindsight at the end. I agree. Um, stylistically, I really dug the fact that the old universal logo came up well you know that was kind of like you know so that was a little bit of a throwback and the font was very stephen king like you know so it almost did kind of have a little bit of that feel uh to it where if six cents had almost like a hitchcock kind of feel to it this had like a stephen king kind of feel and i I like the fact that uh, M. Night Shyamalan will actually uh, do that uh, as far as uh, paying homage. Uh, A lot of people, especially like diehard horror fans, hate on M. Night Shyamalan. Uh, But I think what a lot of modern horror fans, you know, don't understand is that he is a filmmaker that tries to appeal to all audiences and doesn't, you know, strictly pay lip service to the horror community. Um, I think that, uh, you know, he puts out these movies and they're at a minimal, like, kind of budget. I believe the budget for this one was $20 million. And this weekend, worldwide, it's made over that. So any movie that he puts out is is making a profit. They're successful. And so the question, and a lot of people are like, how does this guy keep making movies? Well, like, he's making money. Yeah. You know? It's kind of found like an infinite money glitch. <laughs> well... <laughs> Uh, you know, it's it's like Kevin Smith. You need that first one with Clerks, and then you just kind of build on that. Uh, but, uh, yeah, uh, go check out. I, I mean, it's all three of us. Yeah. It's a, it's a consensus. We give it three fangs. Out of three. <laughs> Out of three. <laughs> uh, well, uh, this has been cool, man. We're going to have to do this again, y'all. I mean, this is actually kind of what we do on in the car. You know, when we're... <laughs> When we're uh, driving, uh, you know, either uh, transporting uh, the boy here and there or what have you, or just the tall boy to and from. Yeah, the tall boy to and from uh, work. Uh, But um, maybe when that new movie comes out about like Dracula's um, servant or whatever. Ooh, Renfield. Yeah. Right. Well, let's let's kind of end with that. What what horror movies are you looking for? Because I know we saw some previews yesterday. Um, Renfield definitely. Um. I'm kind of forgetting other ones. Oh, the Scream 6? Yes. That one looks amazing, and I hope Matthew Lillard's in it. Well, I think uh, Regan will do kind of a, a dive in uh, on the Scream series. Oh, nice. Shannon, any, uh, what, what are you looking forward to? Um, What is it, Renfield? That one looks funny. It does. Um, The 
Was it an evil? Is it a new Evil Dead? The new Evil Dead. Evil Dead Rise. I did like that preview. I would watch that. That did look scary, but I'm afraid it's going to be disappointing because the preview was scary. But we'll see. I'll watch it. Not really a horror movie, but Cocaine Bear. Oh, well, Cocaine Bear could kind of be like (laughs) a horror movie. Yeah, like, yeah. (laughs) Right. Uh, well, and I'm looking forward to all of those as well. Um, of course, here at the Plastic Fangs Podcast, we want you to go and um, check us out on all the social medias. Use the hashtag GetBit uh, and uh, bite back to uh, reach out to us. Also look out for the hashtag HorrorPodFam uh, to check out our friends. Uh, so I'm going to give you both a choice. And you need to make it or something bad's going to happen. And what do y'all think that choice is to get, get bit? bit.